From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is Love Etc. When my love takes me home, it's one of five eight, thirty miles on. Foot like lead, nerves like steel, wild ride when it's taking the Have you fallen into the dangerous trap of assuming those that are bisexual are actually just gay? Have you blindly accepted the stereotype that perhaps it's just a phase? And have you spent much time considering how bioerasure damages our discourse around sexuality? Welcome to Love Etc. where your hosts, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, you're listening to Love Etc., a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. Today, we're talking about bisexuality. To do that, we're talking to two people, Jane and Isaac, who both explain to us their confusing path to fully understand and appreciate their own sexuality. But before we get there, Jane wanted to provide us with her favorite definition of bisexuality. This is what she said. I just wanted to read you guys out really quickly. The best definition of bisexuality that I've found is from this activist called Robin Oakes. And her definition is, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that I have in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way and not necessarily to the same degree. Today, we're going to start with Jane, who realized she was bisexual around the age of 14 or 15. The journey to self-discovery was a pretty confusing one, Jane says. When she had a crush on a girl at school, she'd think, well, this must mean I'm gay. And then when she'd inevitably find a boy interesting too, she'd struggle to figure out what it all meant. And then in year 11, she fell in love. So when I first met Bella, she had moved to my school in grade 11. So met her kind of as she was kind of, you know, getting new friends, finding a new friendship group. And she was quite a bit older than the rest of us. So she actually had for a variety of different reasons, had ended up being in year 12 at age 19. So she kind of came in and was very clear on her sexuality and her identity and who she was. And for me, that was like, whoa, like, you know, meeting somebody who at that age was so knew knew what they were, knew who they were and knew who they liked and what it meant for them. Um, And so, I mean, I guess we started to get much closer because I, at that time, ran a queer group, essentially, that was for members of the school and allies to have a safe space and and also do a bit of lobbying to the school and and things like that as well. And so, obviously, she, she joined that group when she came to the school and, yeah, we ended up kind of running it together and then, you know, over time, building that relationship and and pretty inevitably, I think it, it felt very inevitable at the time. It felt like it was all leading to us getting together, which we eventually did. What I found really interesting is when you wrote to us, initially you said it was quite frustrating because when I got into that relationship, everybody at school just called me gay and made the assumption that I was gay. What did you try to communicate to them back when that was happening? Yeah, it it was. It was kind of frustrating, I think, because especially at that age, you're starting to get so when when you do have a moment of clarity about your identity and you start thinking, actually, no, I think this is what it does mean. To then have other people not see that or not question it was like so frustrating. And I think it, it was less while I was in the relationship and more kind of the ramifications after it, if that makes sense. So when I was in the relationship, 
people were probably assuming I was gay then and, and I didn't really care because I was with a woman and yeah. I was still kind of figuring it out for myself. So it, it didn't kind of bother me as much. But after we broke up, you know, and she left the school because she was a year ahead of me. So I kind of had all of year 12 still at school, still going to all the 18ths, all the parties where all the, you know, hookups and all the drama happens. And at that point, everyone, because I'd been in this relationship, just, yeah, totally assumed I was gay. Apart from my close friends, you know, and I was really lucky that I did have a really close group of friends who were mostly queer themselves. So, they were really understanding, but kind of more broadly, yeah, the school perception, I think, was that, yeah, you know, I was the lesbian one. All schools needed to have a lesbian one and I was that. And and it just drove me nuts because there was so many, I have such vivid memories of so many parties of these guys being typical 17-year-old guys thinking, oh, well, she's a lesbian, so, you know, I'm going to try and turn her. And that's the challenge of the guy is to try and, (laughs) you know, try and hook up with her. And I was kind of having to say, no, it's not because I'm not interested in men. It's because I'm not interested in you. (laughs) 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 Super annoying (laughs) to keep having that conversation. When you did exit that relationship in high school, what is it then like to broach the topic of bisexuality with future partners who might be heterosexual or might be gay? So say you start dating a man and he's never dated anyone who's bisexual before. Did you find that people were quite receptive to that in the early days of dating? Did you feel like anyone was dismissive of your sexuality? I had sort of one slightly more serious relationship in high school after that, which was with a man. And because he'd sort of seen, you know, he'd been around for that previous relationship, he kind of just went on board with it. After that, through most of uni, my dating was very casual and to be honest, I didn't really have that conversation very much. It was just sort of, okay, I'm dating a woman, I'm dating men, I'm doing whatever whatever I want to do. My friends and the people around me who would see all those different relationships would get the picture of whether I had the conversation or not. But that actual person, you know, I never kind of got really serious enough to have that conversation until, you know, meeting my current partner who has never really had any issues with it, had no experience with it and had no kind of background for it, but has, yeah, has just been very accepting and, and very tolerant of it, which has been awesome. I wanted to ask about your current partner. You're leading us very well to our questions, Jane, Um, because you are in love with a man that you met on a dating app. And in your email to us, you wrote, while I see myself staying with him forever, I can't help but feel sometimes that I'm missing out on a part of my identity because I'm unlikely to ever experience romance or sex with a woman again. Can you explain that for us, how being with the person that you love feels like in some way you'll never kind of meet this other part of your identity again? Mm. It's a tricky point, I think, because, you know, there's there's always an element of not wanting to feel like I have to I have to be in a relationship with someone to validate that part of my identity. Like I think that that's really important for me and for, you know, any bisexual person to know that the identity is valid regardless of who you're currently in a relationship with. But at the same time, knowing that, yeah, that there is this part of me that almost less so about wanting to be with women because I think it's for me anyway, love is love, whatever relationship it it looks like. But more that having to go through all that internal internal work, internal turmoil, all the drama in high school, all the kind of difficulties that you face, realizing that you're part of the LGBTQI community, and then now realizing that I'm likely to live my life, live the rest of my life, not being kind of visibly a part of that, you know, not visibly being able to be seen as someone who's queer, seen as someone who has this this 
part of yourself. And I think it's not about other people need to know this about me, but more just that being queer and being L- yeah, being in the LGBTIQ community is such a big thing for me and my life and defining who I am. There is this kind of subtle feeling of almost like loss in a way that you're never going to really connect with that experience again. But I know that it is in me, you know, whatever, mm. whatever really happens. When you fell madly in love with your current partner, which is so beautiful and so exciting, did it also dawn on you that maybe people would discount your sexuality as a phase? I imagine that would be incredibly frustrating to feel like this is such a part of you, but because it's not immediately visible to people, they just discount it now. Totally. And I think, I mean, you know, for, for all my friendships and all the people that I really care about in that side of my life, they know they're people that I've chosen that accept that. And I wouldn't be friends with people who didn't, you know, didn't accept and love every part of me like that. Certainly my parents think that it's a phase. And to be honest, I think that they probably thought that before I was even in my current relationship. I think they kind of saw it as a high school thing, as a, you know, thing that people try out when they're 15 and then they settle down and have a proper serious relationship, which is disappointing. It's also hard to bring it up to say, no, by the way, like I do still like women, (laughs) you know, like you can't really put that into a conversation easily. But yeah, it it does kind of hurt a little bit that you to know that Everything that I went through as a teenager, in particular with my parents, you know, coming out was not an easy experience for me. And they know that. And we know we both have a a mutual knowledge of what that experience was, but we don't talk about it. And the version of that series of events in their head is very different from from what it is in mine um, and what it meant for me, I think. That's kind of, I guess, the the phase element. The, The bigger thing for me now would be that there's so many people that I've met since being in my current relationship. You know, we've been together for almost seven years now. So many people that are that are in my life that just wouldn't even know that. It's not that they would think that it was a phase. They would just not even ask the question because they would say, okay, she has a male partner, the end, you know. <laughs> and it is, it's not easy to find a way to communicate that to people when, you know, if there's people that I really care about and that I really want to have a real friendship with, it's important to me for them to know these things about who I am, but it's not a, not always an easy thing to find a way into a conversation to tell them, you know. I want to know, how do you keep tapping into that side of your identity? Because as you say, it's not a part that just goes away, like it's always part of you when you are in the relationship that you're in now and have been for seven years. For me personally, a lot of it is about still feeling connected to community where I can, because I think that's Aside from my personal relationships and my personal experiences, the best thing about being a queer person is being part of that community because it's just incredible. Like just the love and creativity and, you know, amazing things that LGBTQI people produce and create is just incredible. For me, it's about finding ways to to stay part of that community, you know, and that can be attending Pride events, even just subtle, finding subtle ways to to mark queerness, you know, in my work, for example, we all have to wear a lanyard at work. I wear a rainbow lanyard because I want to make sure that everyone knows, <laughs> you know, or or also finding small ways of, of showing support for the community, even if it's not for myself, like, for example, putting my gender pronouns in my email signature. It's just a little thing that I can do to show the support without necessarily having to out myself or have that conversation at work every time, which is not always what you want to do. And I think also, you know, personally, it's 
I'm hoping to make it a part of my career as well. You know, I, I mentioned before I'm training to be a counsellor and the reason I'm doing that is because I want to work with LGBT young people because I just think back to that period when I was 15 and when I was coming out and when I was all of that stuff. If I'd had a counsellor who knew what that was like and was there for me, it would have just been would have changed a lot. And and so I'm really hoping to to be that for other people as well. What do you wish more people understood about bisexuality? A baseline of knowing that it's real would be great. <laughs> a lot of people don't think that it's a real thing. The kind of trope is that bisexual men are just gay men who, who don't want to step into it and bisexual women are just slutty women who want to <laughs> try things out, mm. you know, which none, neither of which is, is good, is true, is kind representations of what bisexual people can be. And I think also just that sexuality doesn't have to be about who you're currently in a relationship with and that who you how you define your identity can and should be much broader than than that person and and also that it doesn't mean that you're not committed to the person that you're with now. I think that's another thing as well is that if you if you say you're bisexual, people think that that means that you want to be polyamorous. You don't want to just have one partner and settle down because well you like people of other genders, so you must want to sleep with them all, which is not, I am, would be the worst person to be in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Isaac's big, great love story. But first, it's time for a Bumble break. Mish, Bumble is definitely not just a dating app for straight people, making sure anyone who is looking for love or a bit of fun has the opportunity to meet someone new. That's absolutely right, Zara. Bumble has been designed by women for everyone, as they believe that when women are in charge, everyone benefits. When it comes to same-gender matches, either person can make the first move and the 24-hour rule still applies. Bumble is dedicated to being as inclusive as possible, working with organisations like GLAAD to ensure people from all across the gender spectrum feel safe and seen. Also, Bumble has created an extensive list of gender options. How you choose to identify is up to you and you can choose whether or not to show your gender identity to your potential matches. Download Bumble today and make the first move. One app, three modes, one mission. Let us introduce you to Isaac. Much like Jane, Isaac was in high school when he realised he was interested in both men and women. Uh, I would say when I was 14, I guess I started noticing boys at school as well as girls. I would also say that like, I had a lot of reluctance in this attraction to men though, and it was really hard to even admit. Looking back, I realised when I was 14 or around then, but... If you asked me then, I definitely wouldn't have admitted to that. It's a pretty precarious age, 14, to figure that out. How did you feel? Were you angry at yourself? Were you angry at the world? Or were you more just wanting to keep it secret and kind of lock it down and not speak to anyone about it? Uh, Yeah, definitely lock it down and keep it a secret. Um, I was also pretty angry at the world, I guess, and in a, a lot of denial I guess it sort of spiraled me into a bit of anxiety and I also had like anxiety in other areas of my life. So it was sort of easy for me to just group that together with my other anxieties and sort of avoid looking into it any further. I really didn't consider bisexuality at all until I was about 18. Um, So there was just a lot of confusion around my sexuality 
before then and I really didn't have any idea what I was. Like even the first person I brought it up to, my sister, um, the way I brought it up was like I, like I don't think I'm gay but and I think I just stopped there. Like I was really quite confused and I didn't, don't even think at the time I knew what bisexuality was. And the other thing you wrote to us, you said, I feel like I got so used to deflecting questions about my sexuality from friends and family that I never had the space to question it myself. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so obviously, I guess, hanging out with mainly girls and having more feminine interests, I definitely got asked or that was something I got bullied about, like people would call me gay. And even like, in the most loving way, like my mom or family had brought it up, asking out of curiosity, like in a really safe and loving way, if I was gay or it was always if I was gay. And I think I just got so used to saying no. Mind you, like at this time in my life when I was being asked and told I was gay, I didn't even really know myself. Like I hadn't come to a conclusion in my head. So it was basically before I'd even processed the question, I'd said no. And I guess that even just become a habit when I'd asked myself, like it was always no, and I just wouldn't think about it and sort of push it to the side. I find it so interesting that it was always either you're gay or you're not gay. It's like this binary where it's like you are, you aren't, there's no gray area, it's black and white. Why do you think people tend to feel that way or instinctively think that way about bisexual men, that you're either a closeted gay man or you're a straight man if you're expressing any kind of interest towards the same sex. Why do you think that is that it's kind of like you are or you aren't and there's no grey area? I guess it's just sort of a natural thing that occurs with humans, I guess. They want to label something and I guess have a clear answer for it. But I would even say like in the way that with bisexual men, I feel like they're looked at as I guess, just closeted gays who haven't um, been able to admit it yet. And then on the other hand, I feel like girls get looked at as if it's a phase and they're going to get over this period. But I feel like even me being a bisexual, like I have to catch myself sometimes when I have friends or if I'm seeing anyone and they're like a man that has mainly seen men and I feel like I catch myself going, oh, then they must be gay. But I guess it's just the way we're conditioned to think. So I guess just pulling yourself up on that is an important step. I would say when I was in year 12, I was able to admit in my head that I was bisexual. But that was only in my head. I hadn't said it out loud to anyone and I didn't plan on it. I'd sort of come to terms with the fact that I'd never act on my sexual desires towards men I was really almost like comfortable with the fact that I just ignore that part of myself for my life I guess and then I first told my girlfriends when I was 21 she was the first person I ever told that's a lot to go through for three years to figure it out at 18 and not actually speak to anyone about it until you're 21. Can you talk to us about that girlfriend? Because you wrote about her in your email to us. In 2018, you fell in love with her and it really does sound like that relationship would go on to change your life. Tell us about that relationship. Yeah, so I met Millie when I first went to uni and we pretty much hit it off straight away. Like, 
Uh, she was really easy to get along with and quickly it turned like romantic and we were spending all this time together. And basically it was a best friend relationship. Um, and we dated for about a year before I felt comfortable and like it was time to tell her that I was bisexual, which felt like a massive weight off my shoulders. So the fact that I was able to even consider telling her says a lot about our relationship. Honestly, I just felt like my chest was so much lighter for the first time in a long time. And even the fact that the first person I told could be a romantic partner and it not change things and still be a safe place I just feel like that was so important and her response was so important because I think the reason I hadn't told anyone was because I was so not accepting of it myself I felt like I needed the perfect response from someone or it would spiral me in a way I feel like I had a lot of internalized homophobia. It's really interesting that you I guess, kind of try to shut down this side of yourself that you thought, okay, I'm attracted to both men and women, but I'm going to live my life only really outwardly expressing that attraction towards women. And I'll be able to push this attraction to men down and it won't matter. And I'll just get through and no one needs to know. What do you think that does to your sense of self or to your mental health though? Not fully acknowledging that side of your identity for so many years. Looking back now that I'm so much more comfortable with it and I've told people, I think it was a big part of the reason like I was experiencing depression and anxiety in other areas of my life. Even if I didn't feel like I was necessarily anxious or flat about my sexuality in particular, I like am the happiest I've ever been now. And looking back, I wish I almost done it sooner. I am happy with how it played out. But I do think it really manifested in other areas of my life. And also I was like quite nervous, I guess, that I'd get into a serious relationship with a woman and grow old and have regret for not experiencing other side of myself. So I, after I came out to Millie, I pretty much told her, okay, I've told you that's all I'm going to tell I just want to go on with life. She quickly encouraged me to tell other people or tell my friends, I guess, as a first step. And she also wanted to create a bit of an angle to tell my family, not in a forceful way at all. She was just very encouraging. And I feel like even the safe place she created, like even though we were dating and still romantic, she spoke about boys with me. And I guess just having that, first relationship where I could be honest and talk about things and like if we saw like a good looking boy we'd point it out even though that sounds like such a odd relationship but it just was a really safe place for me. I wouldn't say it broke down our relationship in any way. I think it became pretty clear after she encouraged me to tell my friends and I, it became more of a thing people knew it became clear to us that we should break up eventually for me to explore this side. Neither of us were ready at the time we first discovered this. So I think we dated for about another year and a half after I first came out to her. And it just sort of felt like it was the right time. We'd sort of considered it a few different times, but it really upset us both 
at those times. And we took that as a bit of a sign that it wasn't the right time to do it. And then one day we just sort of woke up and talked and it was like a really nice chat and just decided that maybe we should stop seeing each other romantically. I feel like that's such an incredible love story that even though you two aren't together anymore, it feels like you both helped each other kind of bloom and blossom into your new selves. You must look back on that relationship and must look at Millie and think, wow, that's pretty incredible and that was an incredibly successful relationship yeah definitely I look at Millie as if she's like a guardian angel like um, I just find her so special and the connection we have and still have like I imagine that to go on forever so I'm so grateful and I think it was a relationship that was meant to be I think we're soulmates in a different way. (laughs) Talk to us about what life has been like single and kind of with the opportunity to explore every part of yourself. Yeah, it's been good. It's been interesting. I feel like after this, after my relationship with Millie, it was the first time I sort of allowed myself to be open to uh, an experience with a man. And that was like, an interesting, I guess, hurdle to overcome. It was also really interesting going through a breakup when obviously there is a very clear reason we broke up, but because our relationship was so good in every other aspect, it was. I found it much harder to get over and be ready to get with someone else. So initially I just took that time, but it has been really good. I've like had an experience with a man <laughs> and yeah, it's been nice and just it's I feel like my mental health is so good at the moment and I guess it's because I've like finally accepted that side of myself and being able to explore it. This might be me projecting. I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. I wonder do you still even now that you've worked through the internalized homophobia largely Is there any internal pressure or maybe pressure from people within your life that in your head you're thinking, oh, well, the easiest solution will be for me to end up with a woman and to have that conventional lifestyle that, yes, I'll explore this side of myself, but the easiest solution to this will be I end up in a long-term happy marriage or de facto relationship with a woman. I imagine there'd be complexities still even once you do work through that homophobia. Yeah, there is a lot of complexity to it and Even when you're talking to people close to you, you can tell they're almost, I guess, favouring an option. Like I've spoken to some friends and they think I'll end up with a girl and or like they're surprised if like I start seeing a boy and people definitely expect a lot. But I wouldn't say there's any pressure, like I take on any of the pressure from other people and feel like I need to end up with a gender in particular. What do you wish more people understood about bisexuality? I would say I wish more people understood that it's just the sexuality on its own. I think a lot of people view it as we touched on before, like you're on your way to being gay or you're a bit confused and you're still straight. I feel like you don't question when someone tells you they're gay at all and especially not if people tell you they're straight. So, yeah, I would say just accepting it a bit more and being more aware of it. I would say by erasure, I think the term is, is pretty real. So I guess just learning more about it. 
You've been listening to Love Etc., a production from Shameless Media. To support the show, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. Sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional and romantic relationships. We'll be back in your ears next Friday.